0: section nine of ulysses this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for further information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org ulysses by james joyce part two the odyssey episode seven ulysses part one in the heart of the hibernian metropolis before nelson's pillar trams slowed shunted changed trolley started for black rock kingstown and dalkey Clonskea, rathgar and terrenure palmerston park and upper rathmines sandy mount green rathmines ringsend and sandy mount tower harold's cross the horse, Dublin United Tramway Company's timekeeper bawled them off, Rathgar and Terranua! Come on, Sandy Mount Green, right and left, parallel, clanging, ringing. A double decker and a single decker moved from their railheads, swerved to the down line, glided parallel. Start, Palmerston Park. The wearer of the crown. Under the porch of the General Post Office, shoe-blacks called and polished. Parked in North Prince's Street, His Majesty's Vermilion mail-cars, bearing on their sides the royal initials, E.R., received loudly-flung sacks of letters, postcards, letter-cards, parcels, insured and paid for local, provincial, British and overseas delivery. Gentlemen of the Press gross-booted draymen rolled barrels dull-thudding out of prince's stores and bumped them up on the brewery float on the brewery float bumped dull-thudding barrels rolled by gross-booted draymen out of prince's stores there it is red murray said alexander keys just cut it out will you mr bloom said and i'll take it round to the telegraph office the door of rutledge's office creaked again Davy Stevens, minute in a large cape-coat, a small felt hat crowning his ringlets, passed out with a roll of papers under his cape, a king's courier. Red Murray's long shears sliced out the advertisement from the newspaper in four clean strokes, scissors and paste. "'I'll go through the printing works,' Mr Bloom said, taking the cut square." Of course, if he wants a pa, Red Murray said, earnestly, a pen behind his ear, we can do him one. Right, Mr Bloom said with a nod. I'll rub that in We oui. William Braden, Esquire, of Oaklands, Sandy Mount. Red Murray touched Mr Bloom's arm with the shears and whispered Brayden. Mr. Bloom turned and saw the liveried porter raise his lettered cap as a stately figure entered between the newsboards of the Weekly Freeman and National Press and the Freeman's Journal and National Press. Dull thudding Guinness's barrels. It passed stately up the staircase, steered by an umbrella, a solemn beard-framed face. The broadcloth back ascended each step, back, All his brains are in the nape of his neck, Simon Dedalus says. Welts of flesh behind on him. Fat folds of neck, fat, neck, fat, neck. Don't you think his face is like our saviour? Red Murray whispered. The door of Rutledge's office whispered, Eh, eh. They always build one door opposite another for the wind to, Way in, way out. Our saviour. Beard-framed, oval face talking in the dusk mary martha steered by an umbrella sword to the footlights mario the tenor or like mario mr bloom said yes red murray agreed but mario was said to be the picture of our saviour jesus mario with rougey cheeks doublet and spindle legs hand on his heart in martha come thou lost one come thou dear one the crozier and the pen. His grace phoned down twice this morning, Red Murray said gravely. They watched the knees, legs, boots vanish. Neck. A telegram boy stepped in nimbly, threw an envelope on the counter, and stepped off post-haste with a word. Freeman! Mr. Bloom said slowly. Well, he is one of our saviours also. A meek smile accompanied him as he lifted the counter flap as he passed in through the side door and along the warm, dark stairs and passage, along the now reverberating boards. But will he save the circulation? Thumping, thumping! He pushed in the glass swing-door and entered, stepping over strewn packing-paper. Through a lane of clanking drums he made his way towards Nanetti's reading-closet. With unfeigned regret it is, we announce the dissolution of a most respected Dublin Burgess. Hines here too, account of the funeral probably. Thumping thump. This morning the remains of the late Mr Patrick Dignam. Machines Smash a man to atoms if they got him caught. Rule the world today. His machinery are pegging away too, like these got out of hand, fermenting, working away, tearing away. And that old grey rat tearing to get in. How a great daily organ is turned out. Mr. Bloom halted behind the foreman's spare body, admiring a glossy crown. Strange he never saw his real country. Ireland, my country, member for College Green. He boomed that worker-day worker tack for all it was worth it's the ads and side features seller weekly not the stale news in the official gazette queen anne is dead published by authority in the year one thousand and Demine, situate in the townland of Rosanalis, barony of tinachinch to all whom it may concern schedule pursuant to statute showing return of number of mules and jennets exported from Ballina. nature notes cartoons phil blake's weekly pat and Bull story uncle toby's page for tiny tots country bumpkins queries dear mr editor what is a good cure for flatulence i'd like that part learn a lot teaching others the personal note m a p mainly all pictures shapely bathers on golden strand world's biggest balloon double marriage of sisters celebrated Two bridegrooms laughing heartily at each other. Cuprani, too. Printer. More Irish than the Irish. The machines clanked in three-four time. Thump, thump, thump. Now, if he got paralysed there, and no one knew how to stop them, they'd clank on and on the same, printed over and over and up and back. Monkey-doodle the whole thing. Want a cool head. Well... "'Get it to the evening edition, Councillor, Hines said. "'Soon be calling him my Lord Mayor. "'Long John is backing him, they say.' "'The foreman, without answering, "'scribbled press on a corner of the sheet "'and made a sign to a typesetter. "'He handed the sheet silently over the dirty glass screen. "'Right, thanks,' Hines said, moving off. "'Mr. Bloom stood in his way. "'If you want to draw, the cashier is just going to lunch,' he said. Pointing backward with his thumb, "Did you?" Hines asked. "Mm," Mr. Bloom said. "Look sharp, and you'll catch him." "Thanks, old man," Hines said. "I'll tap him too." He hurried on eagerly towards the Freeman's Journal. Three bob I lent him in meagres. Three weeks. Third hint. We see the canvasser at work. Mr. Bloom laid his cutting on Mr. Nanetti's desk. "'Excuse me, councillor, he said. "'This ad, you see. Keys, you remember?' Mr. Nanetti considered the cutting a while and nodded. "'He wants it in for July,' Mr. Bloom said. "'He doesn't hear it. Nanan. Iron nerves.' The foreman moved his pencil towards it. "'But wait,' Mr. Bloom said. "'He wants it changed. Keys, you see. "'He wants two keys at the top. "'Hell of a racket they make. "'Maybe he understands what I... The foreman turned round to hear patiently, and, lifting an elbow, began to scratch slowly in the armpit of his alpaca jacket. Like that, Mr. Bloom said, crossing his forefingers at the top. Let him take that in first. Mr. Bloom, glancing sideways up from the cross he had made, saw the foreman's sallow face, think he has a touch of jaundice, and beyond the obedient reels, feeding in huge webs of paper. Clank it! Clank it! Miles of it unreeled. What becomes of it after? Oh, wrap up meat, parcels, various uses, thousand and one things. Slipping his words deftly into the pauses of the clanking, he drew swiftly on the scarred woodwork. House of Keys. Like that, see? Two crossed keys here, a circle, then here the name Alexander Keys, tea, wine, and spirit merchant, so on better not teach him his own business you know yourself councillor just what he wants then round the top in leaded the house of keys you see do you think that's a good idea the foreman moved his scratching hand to his lower ribs and scratched there quietly the idea mr bloom said is the house of keys you know councillor the manx parliament innuendo of home rule tourists you know from the isle of man "'Catches the eye, you see. Can you do that?' "'I could ask him, perhaps, about how to pronounce that voglio, "'but then, if he didn't know, only make it awkward for him. Better not.' "'We can do that,' the foreman said. "'Have you the design?' "'I can get it,' Mr Bloom said. "'It was in a Kilkenny paper. He has a house there, too. "'I'll just run out and ask him. "'Well, you can do that, and just a little par calling attention. "'You know the usual.' High-class, licensed premises, long-felt want, so on. The foreman thought for an instant. We can do that, he said. Let him give us a three-month's renewal. A typesetter brought him a limp galley page. He began to check it silently. Mr. Bloom stood by, hearing the loud throbs of cranks, watching the silent typesetters at their cases. Want to be sure of his spelling? Proof fever. Martin Cunningham forgot to give us his spelling-bee conundrum this morning. It is amusing to view the unpar, one R, allowed, imbara, two R's, is it? Double S, ment, of a harassed peddler, while gauging, A, U, the symmetry of a peeled pear under a cemetery wall. Silly, isn't it? Cemetery put in, of course, on account of the symmetry. I could have said when he clapped on his topper. Thank you. I ought to have said something about an old hat or something. No, I could have said. Looks as good as new now. See his fizz then. Sst The nethermost deck of the first machine jogged forwards in its flyboard with Sst The first batch of choir-folded papers. Sst Almost human the way it st. To call attention, doing its level best to speak. That door, too, sst Creaking, asking to be shut. Everything speaks in its own way. Sst Noted churchman, an occasional contributor. The foreman handed back the galley page suddenly, saying, Wait, where's the archbishop's letter? It's to be repeated in the telegraph. Where's what's-his-name? He looked about him round his loud, unanswering machines. Monks, sir, a voice asked from the casting box. Aye, where's Monks? monks mr bloom took up his cutting time to get out then i'll get the design mr nanetti he said and you'll give it a good place i know monks yes sir three months renewal want to get some wind off my chest first try it anyhow rub in august good idea horse show month Ballsbridge. tourists over for the show a day father he walked on through the case room, passing an old man bowed spectacled aproned old monks the day father queer lot of stuff he must have put through his hands in his time obituary notices pubs ads speeches divorce suits found drowned nearing the end of his tether now sober serious man with a bit in the savings bank i'd say wife a good cook and washer daughter working the machine in the parlour Plain Jane, no damn nonsense. And it was the feast of the Passover. He stayed in his walk to watch a typesetter neatly distributing type. Reads it backwards first. Quickly he does it. Must require some practice. That Mangid tap. poor papa with his haggadah book, reading backwards with his finger to me. Pesach next year in Jerusalem. Dear old oh dear. All that long business about that brought us out of the land of Egypt and into the house of bondage. Alleluia. Shema Israel, Idonai Elohenu No, that's the other. Then the twelve brothers, Jacob's sons, and then the lamb and the cat and the dog and the stick and the water and the butcher, and then the angel of death kills the butcher, and he kills the ox, and the dog kills the cat. Sounds a bit silly till he come to look into it well. Justice, it means, but it's everybody eating everyone else. That's what life is, after all. How quickly he does that job. Practice makes perfect. Seems to see with his fingers. Mr. Bloom passed on out of the clanking noises, through the gallery, onto the landing. Now, am I going to tram it out all the way, and then catch him out, perhaps? Better phone him up first. Number? Same as Citron's house. Twenty-eight twenty eight double four only once more that soap he went down the house staircase who the deuce scrawled all over these walls with matches looks as if they did it for a bet heavy greasy smell there always is in those works lukewarm glue in tom's next door when i was there he took out his handkerchief to dab his nose citron lemon ah the soap i put there Lose it out of that pocket. Putting back his handkerchief, he took out the soap and stowed it away, buttoned into the hip pocket of his trousers. What perfume does your wife use? I could go home still. Tram. Something I forgot. Just to see before dressing. No. Here. No. A sudden screech of laughter came from the evening telegraph office. Know who that is? What's up? Pop in a minute to phone ned lambert it is he entered softly erin green gem of the silver sea the ghost walks professor McHugh murmured softly biscuitfully to the dusty window-pane mr dedalus staring from the empty fireplace at ned lambert's quizzing face asked of it sourly agonising christ wouldn't it give you a heartburn on your arse ned lambert seated on the table read on Or again note the meanderings of some purling rill as it babbles on its way, fanned by gentlest zephyrs, though quarrelling with the stony obstacles to the tumbling waters of Neptune's blue domain, mid mossy banks played on by the glorious sunlight, or neath the shadows cast o'er its pensive bosom by the overarching leafage of the giants of the forest. What about that, Simon? "'he asked over the fringe of his newspaper. "'How's that for high?' "'Changing his drink,' Mr. Deedless said. "'Ned Lambert, laughing, "'struck the newspaper on his knees, "'repeating the pensive bosom "'and the over leafage. "'Oh, boys, oh, boys!' "'And Xenophon looked upon Marathon,' "'Mr. Deedless said, "'looking again on the fireplace and to the window. "'And Marathon looked on the sea.' That will do, Professor McHugh cried from the window. I don't want to hear any more of the stuff. He ate off the crescent of water biscuit he had been nibbling, and, hungered, made ready to nibble the biscuit in his other hand. Highfalutin stuff, bladder bags. Ned Lambert is taking a day off, I see. Rather upsets a man's day, a funeral does. He has influence, they say old chatterton the vice-chancellor is his granduncle or his great granduncle close on ninety they say sub leader for his death written this long time perhaps living to spite them might go first himself johnny make way for your uncle the right honourable hedges heir chatterton dare say he writes him an odd shaky cheque or two on gale days windfall when he kicks out alleluia Just another spasm, Ned Lambert said. What is it? Mr Bloom asked. A recently discovered fragment of Cicero's, Professor McHugh answered with pomp of tone. Our lovely land. Short, but to the point. Whose land? Mr Bloom said simply. Most pertinent question, the Professor said between his chews, with an accent on the whose. Dan Dawson's land, Mr Deedless said is it his speech last night mr bloom asked ned lambert nodded but listen to this he said the doorknob hit mr bloom in the small of the back as the door was pushed in Excuse me j j o'molloy said entering mr bloom moved nimbly aside i beg yours he said good day jack come in come in good day how are you deedless well and yourself j j o'molloy shook his head sad cleverest fellow at the junior bar he used to be decline poor chap that hectic flush spells finis for a man touch and go with him what's in the wind i wonder money worry or again if we but climb the serried mountain peaks you're looking extra is the editor to be seen j j o'molloy asked looking towards the inner door very much so professor mchugh said to be seen and heard He's in his sanctum with J. J. O'Moloy strolled to the sloping desk and began to turn back the pink pages of the file. Practised dwindling. A might have been. Losing heart. Gambling. Debts of honour. Reaping the whirlwind. Used to get good retainers from D. and T. Fitzgerald. Their wigs to show their grey matter. Brains on their sleeve like the statue in Glasnevin. believe he does some literary work for the express with gabriel conroy well red fellow miles crawford began on the independent funny the way those newspaper men veer about when they get wind of a new opening Weathercocks, hot and cold in the same breath wouldn't know which to believe one story good till you hear the next go for one another bald headed in the papers and then all blows over hail fellow well met the next moment Ah, oh, listen to this, for God's sake, Ned Lambert pleaded. Or again, if we but climb the serried mountain peaks. Bombast, the professor broke in testily. Enough of the inflated windbag. Peaks, Ned Lambert went on, towering high on high, to bathe our souls, as it were. Bathe his lips, Mr. Deedler said. Blessed and eternal God. Yes, is he taking anything for it? as twere in the peerless panorama of ireland's portfolio unmatched despite their well-praised prototypes in other vaunted prize regions for very beauty of bosky grove and undulating plain and luscious pasture-land of vernal green steeped in the transcendent translucent glow of our mild mysterious irish twilight his native doric the moon professor mchugh said he forgot hamlet that mantles the vista far and wide and wait till the glowing orb of the moon shines forth to irradiate her silver effulgence oh mr deedless cried giving vent to a hopeless groan shite and onions that'll do ned life is too short he took off his silk hat and blowing out impatiently his bushy moustache Welsh combed his hair with raking fingers. Ned Lambert tossed the newspaper aside, chuckling with delight. An instant after, a hoarse bark of laughter burst over Professor McHugh's unshaven, black-spectacled face. "'Doughy door!' he cried. "'What weather up?' said. "'All very fine to jeer at it now in cold print, "'but it goes down like hot cake, that stuff.' he was in the bakery line too wasn't he why they called him doughy door feathered his nest well anyhow daughter engaged to that chap in the inland revenue office with the motor hooked that nicely entertainment's open house big blowout weatherup always said that get a grip of them by the stomach the inner door was opened violently and a scarlet beaked face crested by a comb of feathery hair thrust itself in The bold blue eyes stared about them, and the harsh voice asked, What is it? And here comes the sham squire himself, Professor McHugh said grandly. Get out of that, you bloody old pedagogue, the editor said in recognition. Come, Ned, Mr. Dedalus said, putting on his hat. I must get a drink after that. Drink, the editor cried. No drink served before mass. Quite right, too, Mr. Dedalus said, going out. "'Come on, Ned.' Ned Lambert sidled down from the table. The editor's blue eyes roved towards Mr Bloom's face, shadowed by a smile. "'Will you join us, Miles?' Ned Lambert asked. Memorable battles recalled. "'North Cork Militia!' the editor cried, striding to the mantelpiece. "'We won every time, North Cork and Spanish officers.' "'Where was that, Miles?' "'Ned Lambert asked with a reflective glance at his toe-caps. "'In Ohio!' the editor shouted. "'So it was, begad,' Ned Lambert agreed. "'Passing out, he whispered to J.J. O'Molloy, "'Incipient jigs, sad case. "'Ohio!' the editor crowed in high treble "'from his uplifted scarlet face. "'My Ohio!' "'A perfect critic,' the professor said. "'Long, short and long.' Oh, harp, Aeolian. He took a reel of dental floss from his waistcoat pocket and, breaking off a piece, twanged it smartly between two and two of his resonant, unwashed teeth. Bing, bang, bang, bang. Mr. Bloom, seeing the coast clear, made for the inner door. Just a moment, Mr. Crawford, he said. I just want to phone about an ad. He went in. What about that leader this evening? Professor McHugh asked. "'coming to the editor and laying a firm hand on his shoulder. "'That'll be all right,' Miles Crawford said more calmly. "'Never you fret.' "'Hello, Jack.' "'That's all right.' "'Good day, Miles,' J.J. O'Molloy said, "'letting the pages he held slip limply back on the file. "'Is that Canada swindle case on today?' "'The telephone word inside. "'28—no, 20—double four—yes.' spot the winner lenehan came out of the inner office with sports tissues who wants a dead cert for the gold cup he asked sceptre with o madden up he tossed the tissues on to the table screams of newsboys barefoot in the hall rushed near and the door was flung open hush lenehan said i hear feet stoops professor mchugh strode across the room and seized the cringing urchin by the collar as the others scampered out of the hall and down the steps. The tissues rustled up in the draught, floated softly in the air, blue scrawls, and under the table came to earth. It wasn't me, sir. It was the big fellow shoved me, sir. Throw him out and shut the door, the editor said. There's a hurricane blowing. Lenehan began to pour the tissues up from the floor, grunting as he stooped twice. Waiting for the racing special, sir, the newsboy said. It was Pat Farrell shoved me, sir. He pointed to two faces peering in round the door frame. Him, sir! Out of this with you, Professor McHugh said gruffly. He hustled the boy out and banged the door too. J.J. O'Molloy turned the files crackingly over, murmuring, seeking. Continued on page six, column four. Yes, evening telegraph here, Mr. Bloom phoned from the inner office. Is the boss... Yes, telegraph to where aha which auction rooms aha i see right i'll catch him a collision ensues the bell whirred again as he rang off he came in quickly and bumped against lenehan who was struggling up with the second tissue pardon monsieur lenehan said clutching him for an instant and making a grimace my fault mr bloom said suffering his grip. are you hurt i'm in a hurry Knee, Lenehan said. He made a comic face and whined, rubbing his knee. The accumulation of the Anno Domini. Sorry, Mr. Bloom said. He went to the door and, holding it ajar, paused. J.J. O'Molloy slapped the heavy pages over. The noise of two shrill voices, a mouth-organ, echoed in the bare hallway from the newsboys squatted on the doorsteps. "'We are the boys of Wexford, "'who fought with heart and hand.' "'Exit Bloom. "'I'm just running round to Bachelor's Walk,' "'Mr Bloom said, about this ad of Keezes. "'Want to fix it up. "'They tell me he's round there in Dillon's.' "'He looked indecisively for a moment at their faces. "'The editor, who, leaning against the mantelshelf, "'had propped his head on his hand, "'suddenly stretched forth an arm amply. "'Begone!' he said. "'The world is before you.' "'Back in no time,' Mr Bloom said, hurrying out. J.J. O'Molloy took the tissues from Lenehan's hand and read them, blowing them apart gently, without comment. "'He'll get that advertisement,' the professor said, staring through his black-rimmed spectacles over the cross-blind. "'Look at the young scamps after him.' "'Show where!' Lenehan cried, running to the window.' End of section nine.